0: Good afternoon and welcome. It's midday. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Hall. As I mentioned at the top of the show yesterday, on the first day of Black History Month, Governor Wes Moore made history by becoming the first African American to deliver a state of the state address to lawmakers and invited guests at the State House in Annapolis. He said, Service will save us as he outlined his plan to get young people involved in service as they enter adulthood. And he asserted that ending child poverty is an attainable goal. Here's a little bit more of what he had to say.
1: It is time for our state to be bold. And that doesn't mean we are being reckless. Our administration has put forth a plan to make historic investments in people and it spends $1 billion less than last fiscal year. Our plan and our budget, we made the largest investment in public education by any governor in our state's history. And. Yes. (laughs) And. Introduced $200 million in targeted tax relief for children in poverty with the Family Prosperity Act and veterans in retirement with the Keep Our Heroes Home Act.
0: WYPR News Director Matt Bush was there. He joins me here in Studio Way, Matt, uh, an historic day yesterday uh, as the first African-American governor. Uh, much of what Governor Moore will do for the first time will be uh, a history-making act.
1: Absolutely, and I think yesterday, you know, it was only really acknowledged once during the speech uh, when he acknowledged that, and that certainly led to the longest applause break. His speech went about 47 minutes, which is a little bit longer than these usually go, but he did get a, that was the longest applause break was when he noted he was the first African American to ever give this speech. Uh, so, you know, there was, obviously it was a historic day compared to two weeks ago when he was inaugurated, a little different, uh, maybe a little less focus on that because the speech itself as you played there, uh, the clip that you played here at the top, you know, he was really beginning to focus on uh, governing and the, his priorities and budgeting and really building his theme which comes from the campaign of, of public service
0: yeah i mean i i was uh, personally me you know i for one was, was very moved when he you know noted that he was the first black a uh, person to give a state of the state address in a building built by enslaved people, uh, and this happening uh, almost concurrently with the funeral of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, it just shows the the dichotomy of what's going on uh, in the racial climate of our country. It's a huge step forward to have an African American governor. Um, and service was really at the heart of what he was talking about. Uh, he has uh, uh, proposed in his budget the creation of something called the Department of
1: Service and Civic Innovation. What's that going to be? So that really has to do with, you know, high school seniors and others looking for this sort of, you know, a year of service in the state. And that really is to, to look at ways that, you know, will will bring people graduating uh, in, into service, looking at public service, not just working in the government, which was a lot of his speech was actually about that, but that in particular, that you know, developing or that, that particular department he wants to do really is getting people into public service, seeing it as a career, be it in state government or not. And he obviously on his first day, and that was his executive order. It's in the budget too to, to build this out. A lot of the speech itself, he took that public service theme. It wasn't just about getting people into it. He specifically was trying to get a lot of people into working in the state government. And that's one of his biggest uh, you know goals here in the first year is to, to reverse this historic high vacancy rate that exists in state government, particularly in certain departments in public safety, uh, and that was a lot of his speech was focusing on that. He also, uh, you know, particularly noted, I believe, six or seven different people. Some of them were state workers, some of them were teachers, some of them were counselors. You know how they got into working in public service, really specifically telling their stories to to ram home his points about getting people into it.
0: Yeah, and that's a sort of common practice now for politicians at the state level and at the national level. Joe Biden's given- his State of the Union address next week, um, and it's expected that he'll, you know, uh, call out various people in the audience to, to bring mm-hmm. up various points. And, and Governor Moore did that same thing yesterday. You reported that uh, already, I mean, a fair number of people have applied for jobs in state government,
1: so it sounds like he's making some progress. Yes. At the end of his speech, very said, more than 2,800 people have applied in the first two weeks, and I think you believe more than, or a bit more than 1,500 people have applied to be on boards, various boards and commissions uh, throughout the state. So, and he, he said he feels that this is very quick. This is something that be very quickly changed. This this vacancy rate, and went through saying that saying look in twenty you know twenty eight hundred people in two weeks. Now we have to look at you know building that out further. And one of the things he specifically mentioned was his administration was reviewing a lot of these state jobs. You know does someone need to have a college education or a college degree to hold these jobs? And saying this isn't the path for everybody, but they certainly want to get people into working in the state government. So we know the barriers that exist for people getting college educations and college degrees right now. So they're going to review that. That's something also happened in Pennsylvania. The new governor there, Josh Shapiro, did the same thing. So I think we're going to see this uh, kind of building out more and more throughout the country of wanting to get people into government work, well, what kind of educational requirements are necessary to do that?
0: Yeah, and Governor Moore's predecessor, Larry Hogan, also uh, made a point to uh, you know, declassify certain jobs as requiring college education. So that's certainly a trend as well. It's tough to say. I mean, uh, when it comes to the Department of Parole and Probation, I mean, Governor Moore ran on that. He talked about that uh, constantly on the campaign, saying that that was going to be a real linchpin to uh, helping address the violent crime. In cities like Baltimore and counties like Prince George's, um, I, you know what 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 experience do people need to be you know hired in those positions? I mean, we've got positions open in the city government here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We've got positions open in the Department of Public Works. We've got positions open uh, across the country in all sorts of public sector and private sector jobs. Uh, it, it's a it's a tricky thing for a politician to match mm-hmm. the unemployed people with the jobs. But the governor talks a lot about. Uh, building you know wages uh, work and wealth uh, and uh, needing to to match those people who are looking with the jobs that are available it's not so easy to do
1: no and he specifically in the men, in the speech yesterday talked about wages and saying you know joking with the, the legislators like you know um, you know they don't get paid well being in state you know, being in, in public service particularly in government work and he says I'm sure you've all heard that quite a bit and I, he specifically mentioned let's make wages competitive to bring more people into it so I think it's it's a, a it's a lot of factors of things that come to bring into you know the idealism of people working in such things to 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 better their communities matters, but you also want to keep them in that, and to do that, that means wages, that means uh, you know chances for professional development and, and advancement, and I think those are the things that they want to work on.
0: How about the Republicans? Did they respond, and uh, how would you assess
1: the the tone
0: of their response?
1: They did. It was a much shorter speech. It was also pre-recorded uh, and, and was played directly afterwards. It Was the House Majority Leader Jason Buckle, is a Democrat, a Republican delegate from Allegheny County in the far western part of Maryland, and it was a very conciliatory speech with with to the governor, saying there's a lot of things we want to work on in good faith. They were all behind. we uh, know reversing the vacancy rates in the Department Department of Parole and Probation, which the governor talked about. They felt, yes, that's a way that can certainly lower the crime rate. They did have issues, or Delegate Buckle did speak to specific issues within the budget um, on crime and education that the Republicans were against. One's the boost program, which is something Governor Hogan championed, that did allow money to go to scholar, state money, to go to scholarships for private schools, Governor's, Governor Moore's budget is cutting that program, and one of the other parts was the increase in spending on the uh, Attorney General's office and the Public Defender's office. And uh, Delegate Buckle's statement was that those are, their belief, the Republicans those are investments in people who work with criminals not with people who work with um, victims of crime. So, but with Democrats in firm control of both chambers and now with a uh, Democratic governor again, uh, a lot of the Republican priorities they're going it's a very tall task for them to do anything to stop the governor's budget.
0: Yeah, and of course those reflect some of the national priorities Absolutely. we've heard from the Republican Party, school choice, mm-hmm. uh, tough on crime, uh, et cetera. So uh, it's interesting. I mean, his uh, his first couple of weeks with Governor Moore, I mean, it sounds like uh, they have, uh, by and large, gotten the optics right. They have uh, you know, sustained the kind of energy and enthusiasm
1: that was clearly evident uh, at the inauguration. So we'll see how, lo- how much longer that lasts. Exactly. And now we get into the, the difficult parts of the General Assembly session where we get the real heavy bills are going to start coming in the next few weeks weeks, things about guns, things about marijuana legalization, how that's going to work in Maryland and all that. That's where I think we'll see the heavier lifting. That's where we're going to see some of the conflict uh, begin, even between Democrats begin to pop up and the, you know, the, the era of good feelings for the first two weeks, that's obviously very important for a new governor, and he has a lot to work on within his administration. But going forward, it's now the governing part, the getting things through the legislature that he has to focus on. And even with Democrats in firm control, there will be some disagreements and there will be some pushback on certain measures. Indeed,
0: and we will have you as our eyes and ears, you and Rachel Bay, uh, helping us figure out what's going on down there in Annapolis for... Uh, the next couple of months. WIPR News Director Matt Bush. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up, Howard County Executive Calvin Ball joins me to talk about the issues that he'll be focusing on as he begins his second term in office. If you've got a question or a comment for the county executive, give us a call. 410-662-8780. Our email's midday at WIPR.org. You can tweet us at MiddayWIPR. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: You're listening to Your Public Radio, 88.1 WYPR.